here we go should i say because we're back with another episode and the the news of the day is cristiano ronaldo transferring to craig's beloved team manchester united so we have a kind of an emergency episode slash game week two reactions slash champions league draw reactions got a lot of a lot of news to talk about today craig what's up i don't know i'm kind of in in minor shock because it i mean who would have expected i didn't expect that he was supposed to go to city i thought it was locked and loaded yesterday i was like oh he's about to sign for cities that's what i was prepared for when i woke up this morning and then in a matter of hours really it completely flipped on his head and now somehow he's back yeah back at old Trafford. pretty crazy I don't know what so. to say because i don't really know what to say because i like i've something i've thought about so many times over the years like oh what if ronaldo came back to united came back to finish his career and it's always something i was like oh it's never actually going to happen and um i don't know <laughs> it's weird that it's actually happening now it seems like it all happened so so fast you know yesterday we were texting back and forth about the i was like craig don't you feel betrayed that ronaldo would is going to join your City. rival club you know the club legend going to you guys as rivals um, across town, you know? Yeah. And it's, that's the thing too. It's like, that's why it's, it's cool. But also like, I feel like I'm not fully comprehending it yet because I'm not, I'm not used to United just getting something like something done so quickly. Yeah. Usually you're used to the Bruno Fernandez, Jaden Sancho transfer sagas that take over a year. This wasn't even normal time. This was within 24 hours. It just completely turned and it signed. It's like signed, sealed, delivered. Yeah. I mean, not delivered yet because he's not in England, but he well, will be after the international From what I've read so far is basically that his Portuguese teammate and, you know, right now the best player on the team, I'd say, and Bruno did a lot of work recruiting him and convincing him to not join Manchester City and instead be joining his, I guess, boyhood, not his boyhood club because it wasn't his first club, but like, the club where he became a superstar, you know, and Ronaldo. Yeah. And I mean, not just Bruno, but apparently with a lot of ex teammates as well. And, like Rio, and Sir Alex Ferguson. Yeah. Like Rio was saying about Rio said how he called him as soon as he heard that he was linked with city. He's like, yo, what's going on? What are you doing? Blah, blah, blah. And he talked to him. And then Patrice Evra posted on Instagram, a screenshot of their WhatsApp messages. And Ronaldo had told him, he's like, he's like, I'm going to play for our club. Um, that was before it was announced or whatever. So he was, there were a few ex teammates who were, I guess, in touch with him as well. Um, yeah. Urging him to come. There was a Wayne Rooney interview. I don't know if Rooney actually reached out to him, but there was that interview where he was, he was saying stuff like, Oh, I don't think it'll happen. He can't do that. He can't turn his back on blah, blah, blah. Oh, you're Almost. talking about when he, he was talking about when he, it was everyone still thought he was going to join city. He was, no, he was talking about, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, when Ronaldo was going to join City, yeah. yeah. Rooney, and Rooney was saying, you know, basically urging him against it, but not really talking to him, just talking to the, the media. He was saying, oh, I don't think he can do that. He has a legacy at United or whatever. But I I don't know. I, I, I don't know what to think. I don't know if he ever was going to join City or if he ever wanted to or not didn't want to or what, because he never agreed any personal team terms with them. Rio said when he called him, Ronaldo was saying like, no, 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 no. Like he said that now, real. Um, so, I, 
I don't know. I don't know what to think, but it doesn't matter anymore what was happening because now he's he's going to be back at Old Trafford. Yeah, I mean, um, he, he had the option to basically go to City and be, a, I guess, a villain and win a lot of trophies. Because I mean, at least in the United fans' eyes, he'd be a villain. And from, I guess, a, a neutral standpoint, it is a little bit traitorous to join the club that the club that was direct rivals to your club when you were when you were coming up and 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 becoming a superstar or you could join united you know and now he's a hero again it doesn't really matter if united win a trophy and i mean obviously if they win a big trophy that would just cement his legacy even more than what it already is which as one of the best players of all time yeah no that i mean it's yeah if united written if united written if united win a trophy like a big trophy on his return then yeah it'll definitely be some some crazy destiny fate sort of stuff going on. Um, and yeah, that'll definitely cement cementum for sure. Um, but yeah, it's weird for me too, as a, um, as obviously, Oh, geez, struck my phone. Sorry. Um, obviously I love Ronaldo. Um, but as you know, I've always been of the opinion that that Messi is slightly better. So in the debate between the two, I've always said, you know, I would go with Messi. I think he's a little bit better. Uh, which is fine, and I still think that as him coming to uh, United is not going to change. Um, you know, who <laughs> you're I not going to play your bias show. Uh, no, obviously, but it is going to be weird. Let's say we have like a Ronaldo versus Messi. Let's say we have like a United PSG game, you know, or something like that, and people are using it to compare because inevitably people use it as a Ronaldo versus Messi game. And obviously, I'd want I'd want United to win. Um, but then I wouldn't appreciate the messy slander afterwards if Ronaldo did win that game and all that. All that's the type of stuff that's been going through my mind today because I just can't comprehend how he's on <laughs> I mean, United. What a crazy! I mean, what a crazy, crazy transfer window we've had. You know, like we went from it being everyone was saying at the beginning of this transfer window that oh, you know, the big clubs are not gonna have they're not going to have as much money to invest because of the financial situations and financial consequences of COVID and how each club basically lost a lot of money last year. But yet we've seen Messi leave Barcelona and join PSG. Granted that was, I guess, a, a direct consequence of Barcelona being broke and not being able to sign him again. Mm. And then, but he was linked to Manchester City also. It was like between City and PSG when read that news broke that he was having to leave Barcelona. It was between City and PSG. And then you had the whole Harry Kane transfer saga where, you know, he was strongly linked with Manchester City. And then you had the whole Ronaldo, I guess, was a quick saga because I think this whole thing kind of unfolded really, really, really quickly, especially yeah. the Manchester United part of it. But um, just in the last few days, it, it has been rumored that he wanted to leave Juventus and then he was linked to Manchester City also, right? But you see all these, a lot of big teams that are investing heavily. And now we might even see Mbappe leaving and like Lukaku. I'm Chelsea spent a lot of money on Lukaku. Uh, a lot of the big teams are forking over some big, big sums. Yeah. I mean, Arsenal, you, you didn't even mention because I mean, you <laughs> we know how they're doing 19th place in the league, but. They've spent more money than anyone else this year, so they've spent a lot of money too. Um, but yeah, I mean, thought, spare a thought for 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 Manchester City fans today because I mean they've been through a lot <laughs> this summer and they got Grealish, but which which should have been exciting and it was, 
But at the end of the summer, when you look at the fact that after Grealish, they were linked with Harry Kane, or they thought for sure they were going to get him, didn't get him. They were highly linked with 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 Messi, although they were always kind of playing second fiddle to PSG. Right. They didn't get him. And then they Ronaldo was supposed to be a done deal to City, and they didn't get him. <laughs> and so yeah, I don't have I any mean, sympathy for them. I I don't <laughs> I don't feel bad for them at all. You know my thoughts on Manchester City. Like, oh, what a shame that you can't throw money around like it's like it's freaking grows on trees you know uh <laughs> like they don't really they don't need any more players i mean i guess yeah we they, we have said that they need a, a striker so we'll we'll see what they end up doing or if they end up doing anything in the striker yeah. market because there's still a, a couple of days left in the in the transfer window but we have definitely unfolded into quite the quite the transfer window i mean what do you think Ronaldo, here's the thing, because here's my thoughts. Obviously, I, I mean, like I said, it's, you know, it's thing, something I've thought about for years and like about this. And I thought it was never going to happen. And now that's actually happened, obviously, I'm excited about it. And I can't believe it almost. But at the same time, I, I am a little bit like, I don't know, what is it? What, what do you think it does? You, you think it's Ronaldo, but do you think, he can act, he's going to make that big of a difference in this United team. Do you think, you know, that's oh, what we man. I don't think it's what we needed, but no, it's um, not what that, it doesn't feel like a direct need. I would, I would say, because as of, I mean, just for this, this season specifically, United already had Cavani and Mason Greenwood, who were, I think, very suitable and very competent up front, and they are good enough to, to contend and win some trophies for United. Um, However, we have said that, you know, like we think that United are uh, a striker and a defensive midfielder away now that they've filled that the center back hole, I guess, with Veron signing uh, and they filled the winger hole with Jaden Sancho signing. So I, I do think that you, you can't say that Ronaldo doesn't put them any closer to contending for the title no, of or course Champions not. League. Yeah, of course I mean, not. It definitely does. It definitely helps them. I mean, if you just look at the amount of depth attacking depth that United have now, right? They have, obviously, they just signed Ronaldo. They signed Sancho. They still have Mark Anthony Martial. They have Mason Greenwood coming through. Marcus Rashford is MIA right now, but he's going to be coming back, and let's not forget how good he is. Um, and you have Edison Cavani, who had a great season last year, and also Daniel James, who, you know, off the bench can provide a nice little spark. So, I, yeah, I, I mean, and... Like you said, Ahmad Diallo still hasn't gone out on loan yet. He's supposed to, but I mean, I think he's still technically at the club. Jesse Lingard, um, after his quote-unquote revival, oh, it was a revival, no quote-unquote, his revival last year at West Ham, he'll probably find himself, himself what, like eighth in that list of people? Yeah, it's <laughs> crazy. Like that. Um, I would argue that United, as far as like up front, I think United – are competing with City for depth. You know how we were saying, like, how City have so much depth and right. two full. I would argue that United have pretty close to, like, well, they have more than two full, like, competitive starting front threes. For yeah, I mean, you could say that, right. The, I would contend that right now United's at full health. Their best starting 11 will be Rashford down the left, Ronaldo down the middle, and then Jaden Sancho on the right. But then you also, that leaves, right, that leaves, Let's Cavani. say Mason Greenwood and Cavani and whoever else you want down the left. Like it's it's pretty crazy. Plus, and you also, know, Ogba has been playing it down. Yeah, on the on the wing. Oh, I mean, only has a I guess is a a good problem to have, right? 
Yeah, I mean, I'm just hoping that this, I'm just hoping that this at least makes Oli play Pogba, Pogba in the midfield with Bruno um, rather than playing them on the left wing. Because now there's no, like, we've had even more <laughs> talent up front. Like, we, can't, we don't have room for Pogba anymore, surely. But we ha- he has to start. Put him in the midfield. That's where he's getting all these assists off the left, but he's, he's actually been getting them from kind of the center of the park-ish. Um, he's still drifting in anyways. So put him in there. The problem yeah. is we don't have a defensive but midfielder. You don't have the holding midfielder. Not, I mean, you have holding midfielders, but not the one that can anchor your team but by yeah. himself, I guess. It's not – yeah, it's not something to – I guess nothing to complain about today because we – I think we should just be happy with what we've gotten, which is one Definitely. of the greatest, greatest players of all time. And getting to see him again in the Premier League, that's going to be a treat for everyone, I think. Yeah. Um, I'm sure you're not happy as a Liverpool fan, but still at least you'll get to see him. And on the other hand, I mean, I also wonder how close were City to getting Messi this year, but especially last year too. I mean, can you imagine in the Premier League, Ronaldo versus Messi? That would have been crazy. I mean, I guess my my reaction as a as a Liverpool supporter would be, you know, my you know my thoughts full well on how what I thought about like Kane joining City and Messi joining City. Like I was pretty against that just because I guess not as much with Messi, but mainly with Kane, I was like, that's kind of just a little bit of a, a traitorous out, move. I think is a the cop out. Yeah. I was saying it was a cop out by <laughs> Kane and like, it's just, I guess you can't really fault city for having so much money, but it's just like the, the imbalance of it all that they can just basically throw any sum that they want at any player. Hmm. Um, to me, it doesn't seem as, as genuine as buying players and developing them and, making them world-class instead of you just buy all the world-class players. Right. Um, but this doesn't feel the same way that the Kane to city did for some reason. I think that it's because, you know, we, ha- we haven't seen United perform at the level of city in a, in a long time. And, you know, I, I said the reason why I thought that Kane was copping out is because he was already joining a team that really didn't need him. And that was probably going to win a lot without him. Right. So yeah. he's not really tipping the needle either way. But Ronaldo joining United, that can be the final piece to not the final piece, but a key piece to a the to the puzzle that you know that that United are trying to put together and becoming relevant in terms of contending for trophies again. So for me, I guess for as a Liverpool as a Liverpool supporter, it is kind of uh I would say it's worrying because there are I mean, three other teams other than Liverpool that I would say that are really contending for the top four. So you have Liverpool, City, United, and Chelsea. And we've seen all the other three teams invest heavily this summer and make big, big signings, right? You had City signing Grealish, Lukaku signing for Chelsea, and they also might sign the center back, Kunde from Sevilla. Um, and then lastly, we obviously we have Ronaldo and Sancho and Varane all signing for United. And Liverpool have only made one signing at center back who hasn't even made an appearance yet. So yeah, where seems is he? To is he me, injured or something? No, he's not. He's just, I think he's just working into the team and like, you can't really fault Klopp right now because we haven't let any goals yet in this season. Right. With yeah. Dyking and Joel Matip. So, I mean, I don't know. It's just, I guess a little bit worrying to see other teams strengthening or theoretically strengthening, at least showing ambition to, to, to take that step forward and to keep on progressing and Liverpool are seemingly content with what they have. But 
you know, we saw last year at the 11th hour, they signed Diogo Jota seemingly out of, seemingly out of nowhere. And what the here we go man said, Fabrizio Romano said, he said that if, if for Liverpool were going to make another signing, it'd be another thing like that where it kind of comes out of nowhere. So I'm not giving up hope yet, but I do think that if Liverpool end up finishing the window quietly, then the, the season could not, not take a turn for the worst because I think that our squad as it is is very, very good, but it could be very challenging to compete at the top, top level. Once the other tournaments start and stuff like that. Yeah, definitely. Especially, we'll discuss this later, but I mean, we had a really tough Champions League group draw and it's going to be entertaining to watch, but we're not going to afford a lot of opportunities for us to rest key players. Yeah. Well, I mean, the good news is though, that well actually i was going to get into the game week but we had one more thing to discuss before we get into the game week is mbappe to madrid yay or nay is it happening is it not happening i don't even know what the latest news is i saw 170 euro bid yeah i mean i i don't think it's happening it's not confirmed yet but as of now it looks like madrid are very uh ambitious to get him and they're keen on getting him as any club should be if they have the financial means and, you know, PSG don't want, obviously don't want to lose him for free, but also they're one of those few teams that like, they don't need the money for Mbappe, right? Where they can lose him for on a free and still have him play with Messi and Neymar for one more year or for this last year. And then if he does decide to leave after that, then they wouldn't be like financially bedridden, right? No, 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 no. You can't say that. They need, no, that's they true. Need- they it's need crazy to, that, oh no, they need money for Mbappe. They cannot let Mbappe go on a free. They need, he's worth he's worth two hundred million dollars plus. Right, but the thing is, if you keep him and you gamble, let's say that PSG won everything this year. They win the Champions League, and you know they're they've created the best front three of all time, and Neymar down the left, and Mbappe down the middle, and then Messi down the right. Or any, I mean, all those players are so versatile; they can play pretty much anywhere in the front three. Um, like maybe he'll be convinced to stay and renew his contract instead of leaving earlier. No, I don't, well, cause he's always like, we've always known that like his dream has been to go to Real Madrid. Like that's where. It, yeah. But he's still so young that he could read, we could re up for a couple more years and then still be like 23 or 24 and, and then move to make his move to Madrid. You know, Madrid will always be there in my opinion. I don't know. I think that, but do I think it's going to happen? I, I honestly don't really know if it's going to happen. Selfishly, I, I kind of want to see Mbappe play with Messi and Neymar. Yeah, me um, too. And I think that'd be super cool just to see how they how that three of the top five or six players in the world play together. Um, yeah. And, and yeah, I mean, it's, it's pretty crazy. I don't know. What do you think? Is, is it going to happen? Um, I don't know. I saw something that said, Real Madrid think that this is going to be their last bid or whatever, 170 million euros. Um, so I don't know if that means that <laughs> I don't know if that means that they think it's going to be accepted or they think that regardless of the decision, they're not going to go any higher. Right. I don't know. I haven't even looked at it today because I was just looking at Ronaldo stuff. But <laughs> I, I would like him to say at PSG just because the same reason you said, just because I want to see um, a Messi Mbappe Neymar. But I would also love to see. Uh, Hazard, Benzema, um, Mbappe. Yeah, I think any team that he joins is going to be instantly become my swatch TV as an exciting player like he is, you know. Yeah, uh, 
I think we can just agree, though, that the biggest losers in all this are Manchester City. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, um, I know you said you definitely don't feel bad for them. I, I don't feel bad for them as a club, but I, I do feel bad for Manchester City fans because <laughs> I know how it is as a fan to, to really, you know, be expecting something it falls through or it takes a while. And in their case, they, they were expecting three of the potentially biggest ever moves and none of them worked out. Yeah. Um, so, but, so they are left without a striker so far, but you wouldn't know that they needed one um, based on their last performance. Yeah. So let's hop into the games. Let's hop into the games here. Yeah. 5-0 uh, against Norwich. Yeah. I honestly think that this was not a predictable game because you never predict someone to win 5-0 to because that's such a thrashing. You do though. I would but, think that most people would have predicted like a 4-0 victory. Exactly, because just because of the context of it always seems like City thrashed Norwich, Norwich in the most recent memory. And also yeah. coming off the, the Spurs loss in, in the first week, you know that Pep was going to light a fire under them and they had a point to prove that they're not they're not taking a step back this year. And I guess they did that, right? Yeah, they definitely did. And and that's the thing too that I that I obviously people and I was one of the people who said this like you know their performance against Tottenham their performance against Leicester performance against Chelsea in the Champions League kind of showed that they do need a striker but at the same time they didn't have a striker all of last year and they won the Premier League about as dominantly as you can right um, after a bad start uh, so and they were scoring like goals aplenty so it's weird because clearly they can survive without a striker. And so maybe that's just what they're going to do. Maybe they, they believe that they can find their feet again. Maybe this result is exactly what they needed. And, you know, they'll go on and then hope to get Holland or somebody else next summer. Um, yeah. I mean, there's always going to be big names on the transfer market and with the city squad as good as it is and as much financial backing that they have, they're going to be linked with every single one of them, I think. Um, yeah. For good reason. But one thing is, I at least have noticed, actually, we, we can we can talk about the different time. I was going to talk about their academy, is that I haven't noticed that many, you know, that much youth coming through the academy into the first team, as you do with, for example, United or Arsenal. Um, or even Chelsea. Chelsea, yeah. I mean, um, even Liverpool have, have had a couple of guys break through recently, Curtis Jones, Harvey Elliott, right? Yeah. Um, I, I, I just think that it's maybe it's something in terms of just, it's so hard for them to give chances because they have a squad that's so deep with world-class players. It's like, you have yeah. to be so good to, to, I guess, get out of the basement, Pep's basement. Um, yeah. Looking at another game here, Liverpool handled Burnley pretty strongly and two zero yep. win. I think that was pretty good win. You know, they, from the, probably the, Five, fifth or 10th minute until like the 80, 80th minute, they controlled the entire game. Allison did have to make a couple of key saves to save the clean sheet at the end. But uh, I mean, yeah, I, I was saying how I'm worried with Liverpool and not investing, but when you watch their product on the field, you have to be happy with it, especially considering that they're still missing. I mean, they're obviously missing Andrew Robertson right now. Fabinho was out because his father passed away tragically. So he was mourning his loss. Um, and so we're still not at full strength yet. Yeah, I, I mean, I agree with you. I think Liverpool have been really good in both games so far They're They're showing that, you know, they can be back to their best now that Van Dyke's back. And, um, you know, they have, a, they, like you said, they have a strong starting 11. 
their starting 11 is stronger than Manchester United starting 11. Like Jamie Carragher said, or Gary Neville, or whoever it was. I think it was Jamie, or yeah, it was Jamie who said that. I completely agree with that. Manchester United's squad, I would argue, maybe you disagree, but in my opinion, is definitely stronger than Liverpool. Like Manchester United as a team is stronger than Liverpool. Uh, I would a, say squad. definitely in terms of attacking depth, like we just listed off all the wealth of players that United have up front. But I mean, Liverpool still have a, a good midfield core, I would say. And defensively, especially like with center backs, I would say like now they, especially with the signing of uh, Ibrahima Konate, uh, he, I think that the defensive unit as a whole and midfield are, are better than United's. But I can definitely see what you're saying in terms of depth up front, which is where you honestly see a lot of the rotation coming in, in terms of like key games and stuff. You see attackers rotated or midfielders rotated. So it's really important to have those guys be fresh and have other capable backups on your, on your team. Yeah. Um, and so I think they've been really good. The only worry, like you said, there's no reason to worry. The only worry what the only potential worry I can think of for Liverpool fans is when other things start or if somebody gets injured and things, people need to be rotated, then, then I don't know. It, there's not that much depth on the bench, but the starting 11, I think, is doing exactly what we expected them to do. The reason, you know, we put them in third ahead of United right. um, in our predictions is because we knew they'd be a strong team. And they're showing that. Um, from Burnley's perspective, I didn't think it was that bad of a game. They had, they did create some chances. They're playing against Liverpool. Yeah. Um, but it's they not did good, what Burnley does, you know? Yeah, it's not a good start to the season for them. We did both predict them to go down. Um, I don't, I don't want them to go down. I hope they stay up, but um, they did well. They had, um, there was that one disallowed goal that, that got me off my seat. I can't even remember who it was that diced up um, the Liverpool defense. Oh, yeah. Up. It was one of their wingbacks, I think, that he, yeah. he like dribbled through a few players and then whipped in a nice ball. I think Chris was, Wood was offside. So. Yeah, he was, my, he was miles offside. But, yeah, I mean, so they had chances. But, oh, well. Yeah. Um, it's pretty much a, I think the Liverpool 2-0 versus Burnley, it's almost as predictable as City thrashing Norwich. You know, it's going to be tough to put five goals again past Burnley, but you would expect Liverpool to win in that situation. Yep. Um, one game that you did not expect and not as a predictable outcome is Southampton drawing 1-1 versus United. Craig, what are your thoughts on the game now that we've had almost a week to, I guess, decompress from it? Um. It's a weird one, this one, because I, when I saw the, the lineup come out earlier or before the game, I was just in, not in disbelief, but I was just so confused. And that's the reason when you te- when I texted you after the game, I said, honestly, I'm, I'm not that unsatisfied with that result. The reason I said that is because when I saw the lineup, it was Sancho wasn't starting, Verne wasn't starting, Kamani wasn't there. Obviously, Rashford's injured. McTominay, after a great performance, had been pulled off from Matic, who hadn't played, who hadn't, didn't even play last season in the in the Premier League. Um, you know, Dan James had been pulled off. Mason Greenwood, who put in one of the performances of the game against Leeds, was put onto the right wing just so Martial, who didn't step onto the field against Leeds, um, started up front. I was just confused. I was like, because I wanted changes to be made, but I wanted Sancho and Varane to come in and start. I wanted Cavani to come in. I wanted... You know, the players have all been waiting for it to come in and start. Right. So 
they should be fit. I mean, Lukaku came in and started right away. I mean, I told but, you, I told you this, like when we were talking about it last week, that it was. I thought it was doubtful that. Uh, I thought it was more probable right. that Sancho would start, but I didn't think that Veron would start. But I think maybe now next week, now that they had a disappointing result, that no. Right. Well, that's that's changes. the thing, right? And that's fine if you know he decided they weren't fit. I don't. Whatever. That's up to him. And I'm not watching them train. Anyways, if he decided they're not fit, that's one thing. But then, if that's what you're going to do, then why are you changing the team that just won five one against Leeds when right. everyone played? And not not because you need to or anything. Like you're bringing on Miguel who hasn't played in the Premier League for so long because he was injured all of last season, didn't set foot in the Leeds game for Mason Greenwood. He, he didn't bring Mason Greenwood off, but he's taken him off striker when he was one of the most important players against Leeds. And then he's taken off McTominay, who was also brilliant against Leeds, to bring on Matic. Why? If, if, because he's more defensive? Okay, if anyone, you would think you would need him against Leeds uh, instead of Southampton, who've lost a lot of their attacking talent and would probably be less likely to attack. So... um. I just can't understand, you know, what Ollie was thinking with the changes that he made. Yeah, the squad selection is definitely perplexing. And and that's uh, how it is with him a lot of times. Um, but he actually, you know, most most of the times he gets it to work when he does these weird squad selections. He has some planned in it. But this one I, I had no faith in at all. And I was and which is the reason I said I'm not unsatisfied with the results because I almost wanted in a way, I definitely didn't want to lose, but now that we've had such a bad result, I'm Don't learn the that, lesson. Yeah, I'm hoping that he at least, you know, I can't understand why he needed so badly to start Martial, but he didn't feel the need to bring him on in the last game against Leeds when we were winning. Okay. Like, why did? He oh, let me it? let me hear your. Now that Ronaldo signed, let's say he probably definitely won't play tomorrow, but uh, next week, the week after this, so in a week from tomorrow, when they whoever they play, I forget who they play, but um. Who would, if you were picking the team when they play Newcastle next Saturday, who would you be selecting? Um, like your, who is your best full strength Manchester United starting eleven right now? The whole, the whole team, or just the front three? The whole team. Whole team, and this depends on who we're playing. I think if we're playing. So keeping in mind, we're playing Newcastle, who actually you know, have not had a bad start to their season, but we're playing Newcastle. And so if we're playing like a, a bottom team that we, you know, we're, or a bottom half team that we feel pretty confident against, I do think, even though we don't have that defensive midfield that we signed, I don't think we need to play two of them. I think we can play Pogba and Bruno in midfield. So that's like the most important thing I need to say. Up. Um, so because of that, Pogba, Bruno, and I, I would actually, I would honestly go with McTominay, but I, I know he's just had some, he just announced that he had some surgery um, because he's been a lot of pain in the last games, apparently. Okay. Um, so I'm, not, I'm not sure how, how long he's going to be out for. So I would start De Gea and goal because he's been starting. Maguire, Varon, Shaw, and Wansaka. I mean, the back five pretty much picked themselves, assuming Varon's now fit. Um, right. Midfield three, Pogba, Bruno, and... I mean, Fred and Matic were both we're both awful against against Southampton, <laughs> but but I would still go with if Matic can produce a performance that we know he's capable of, then I would start him. But because you know he's older, we're not sure we can produce it. I'll go with Fred, um, right. Fred, Pogba, and Bruno, and then up front, I would say against Newcastle, we should start Sancho on the left, Cavani up top, and Greenwood on the right, and then Ronaldo comes on in a second half reception or something. 
You wouldn't throw him on to begin? I wouldn't start him right away, I don't think. But Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what his squad selection is tomorrow and also uh, with the coming weeks as, I guess, the 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 options are going to be only becoming more and more plentiful. And also so are the, the scrutiny for his, cause you know, if it doesn't go well, just with a team as deep as it is with United in terms of attacking talent, whoever he leaves out is going to feel, or that people, he's going to get criticized for living out whoever he does. If the result doesn't go the right way, you know? Yeah. So if he leaves out Ronaldo and let's say Newcastle draw or, or you somehow United drop points against them, then it'd be like, why wouldn't you start Ronaldo that game? Or like, why you paid so much money for Jaden Sancho? Why isn't he playing? Blah blah blah. Right, all this stuff. Um, that the, I guess it just comes with the big name players that you that you buy. Yep. So hopefully we can just bounce back from that result. I think honestly we kind of needed it um, because the Leeds game was such a good performance and everything. Such a great start to the season, but we don't need to get carried away. So maybe it was kind of a blessing in disguise. Um, a little bit of a wake-up call. Can't win every game. And honestly, I'm always a little bit nervous when if we start off the season well because it hasn't gone that well in the past. So I'm, I'm happy with, a you know, a very good game and a very bad game. So then, you know, now we're we've balanced everything out and now we go, go on with the rest of the season. Yeah, definitely. Um, Moving on here. Extended the – I mean, one thing that is impressive is now we've, we've either tied or beaten the all-time Premier League away record. Um the uh, all-time Premier League unbeaten away record for games in a row, unbeaten games in a row. So we've had, since the beginning of last season, some really good um, away performances. We haven't lost there since the beginning of last season. So um, hopefully... It's impressive, yeah. It's definitely a good good, uh, good omen, I guess. Yep. Yeah. Good things to come, I think, for United, especially after what most would consider a pretty good week for them. Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah. I mean, and it's a good, I think it's a good, it's a good signing we've made here. <laughs> I mean, definitely to get people's spirits back up. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So moving on to the next game, uh, we're going to talk about Arsenal losing to Chelsea. And this was a big game of the weekend. Yeah. This was the, the game. It was on whatever prime time, you know, I guess prime time <laughs> in the, in England which does like yeah. mid morning for us, which is kind of nice. You don't have to get up too early to watch. Um, especially like the central time I'm in central time right now. So if your team gets the early slot, the noon game in England, you have to get up at like 6am to watch the game, which yeah. is tough on a Saturday, but anyways, you do it for the love of the game. Uh, and Arsenal just looked awful. That game, they got manhandled by Chelsea, didn't they? Oh Yeah. I mean, honestly, we don't even know much to even say about this game. It was just <laughs> what a performance by Chelsea. I mean, this is what we expected from them this season. We just didn't expect them to be able to do it with such ease against another quote-unquote big six team. Well, not even that. It's just a rival. You know, it's like when Liverpool play Everton, we know that Everton aren't like the caliber of like the Champions League squads and stuff, but it's still a big game because, you know, those players are going to put out their best performances versus the rivals or they're going to try their try their hardest to do that and it just didn't seem like arsenal had anything for, going for them granted that they yeah, I, and they might have they might have tried but i mean it was like it was watching like you know it was almost like watching 
professional against schoolboys. Yeah, um, I mean, especially Gre- Lukaku against the Arsenal center backs was. <laughs> oh man, you know he was just bullying all them. He, he was just having his way, going wherever he wanted, getting the ball whenever he wanted, and then making great dis- distributions after holding up the ball too. Um, he looked really good on his debut. Obviously, scoring a goal. He didn't score the double the brace that you predicted, but he did score a goal, and he probably could have had another one, um, at least not one more. Um, but you have to say it for Arsenal. I guess the hope, the silver lining of it, would be that you're still missing Lacazette and Aubameyang. And, and they had a great performance in the um, whatever the. What did they play? Like a European qualifier this week or something? Yeah, they played some. Um, yeah, I don't know what it was. Or no, it was. Was it just a friendly against West Brom? It wasn't European. It was against West Brom. Um, EFL Cup was- second round. They won six uh, yeah. zero. Aubameyang had a hat trick. Pepe and Saka and Lacazette score, which are all good names that you want to see hitting their form. Um, and I think it's so- and also Odegaard made his debut for them. So, like yeah, I said, so they, they, they have some hope to look so. forward to. Yeah, they, they can't get worse, though. but they do have to play City, so we'll see. I mean, it, it's looking pretty likely that Arsenal are going to start with zero points and nine games. No, or, nine, zero games. points and three games, which is objectively awful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good, good summary. I um, mean, you, you can't look. You can't say Arsenal, like a team that big, should start with zero points in three games. I don't care who you're no. playing. You no, played no, Brentford for the not. first game. You should have won that one. And I guess it's reasonable to think that you would lose versus Chelsea and City. Like, that's, I guess, bad luck that those games come back to back and also so early in the season. But, man, yeah, you got to expect some points from them. Uh, I think Arteta's head could be on the chopping block kind of soon if they don't start point, putting together not even just results, but they just need to look like they're progressing in some sort of way. You can't just be trying the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. Yeah. I agree. Couldn't agree more. Another game that um, we we don't need to discuss too much. We can kind of skip over is Tottenham versus Wolves. Um, another, you know, another great result for Tottenham, who we never knew what to expect from them this season um, without Harry Kane. But he did make his appearance. He's officially staying. Um, and they scraped by. You know, they scored their one goal. Wolves had a lot of chances as well that they could have equalized, but they didn't. And so fair play to Tottenham. They're going to be really happy with the, the first two results without their main man. And he, they're going to bring him back now. So definitely uh, one game that was, I guess, the sneaky highlight of the game of the of the week. I would I, honestly looking for I was looking forward to the West Ham versus Leicester game more than the Arsenal Chelsea game because I thought it would be more competitive. Yeah. Um, and it was. And, and not. it was not. <laughs> it was equally as not competitive, I guess, partially because. Leicester got a red card 40 minutes into the game. So they were playing over half the game, a man down. Yeah. But I mean, with that being said, they're already down one nil before that happened. And then obviously that didn't hurt, but that didn't help their cause as they ended up losing four to one. And I mean, key takeaways from that game, West Ham looked really good again. And right now, I mean, what, I think they're top of the league right now. Um, yep. The West Ham, the hammers top yeah. of the league, baby. Yeah. So what I mean, a yeah, game. only two games in, but Eight goals scored, Clay. Two games, eight goals. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Mikel Antonio becomes the club's leading goal scorer in history, which is pretty cool to see. Uh, they he, look exciting. Yeah, he does. They do. And also, I think Ben Rahm is going to be a great signing for them as he I mean, he's already got really good. A few goals and a couple goals and a few assists already in the first two games. Um, I actually picked up both of them 
I don't know if you noticed on the Miami I did, Heat yes. Game, right before last last week, you still won because your team got put up 70-something points. But, I mean, my team, I was waiting for that game for this reason because I had them on my team. Um, and, boy, did they add to my score. I was in the 60s. But you still pulled out the win, unfortunately. Yeah. My but, team is looking pretty strong right now in the fantasy league. I'm 2-0. But this week I'm facing against uh, Hamant. So it's the battle of the undefeateds right now. So maybe yeah. maybe I'll drop points. We'll see. Yep. And if um, and, and should be an easy win for me against Clay Troyer. Hopefully, hopefully he's listening to this podcast. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I guess going back to the game, I think it was a brilliant performance from West Ham, even before the red card. You know, Leicester, they were trying to attack. They had all this possession, but nothing was happening. And West Ham actually looked the more dangerous on the counterattacks when they were attacking and they had better chances. They made one of them count. Um, they scored a brilliant goal, little link up with Fornals. Um, and um, after that, you know, there was the red card, which you can argue about. And, you know, Leicester fans will say, oh, he didn't mean it, blah, blah, blah. But anyways, it happened. And then West Ham just closed out the game. No problems after that. Yep. Definitely. Um, so I don't know. From a Leicester perspective, you'll you'll want more. They haven't, you know, convinced. They won one zero the first week, which was fine, but they haven't really convinced anybody yet. I would say definitely uh, not. The red, red card didn't help, but you know, people have big expectations for them this year because of how good they've been last years, and they're they've made some good signings. They have a great coach. They have a really good squad. So. I think they're still kind of figuring out and Brendan Rodgers is still kind of experimenting in terms of what their best lineup is. You know, they have yeah. a lot of options everywhere. Uh, I think that their midfield kind of picks itself with Madison and Didi and Tielemans, but as they're kind of the a perfect, perfectly balanced midfield, if I, if I, could, if I could say so myself, as Madison is really attacking and, and Didi is really solid defensively and Tielemans is a good box-to-box midfielder. But I mean, up front, they have so many... Up- so many options, especially at striker, right? They have obviously Jamie Vardy and Ian Nacho, and then their new signing Daka. It'll be interesting, interesting to see how he fits in. And in the back, they sign Vestigard, who I think eventually will end up slotting in to one of those defensive center back positions. And they have a few other wing backs. Like, I mean, uh, Castagna didn't even play this game. Who didn't play wing backs or in as a winger. So, uh, yeah, I think that Brendan Rodgers has some some work to do to figure out what his go-to lineup's going to be. Yep, and hopefully he does that. And as far as, I mean, West Ham are concerned, I guess just keep on going, Hammers. Yeah. I mean, I mean, if you look at their squad, too, you're going through the Leicester squad. I'm really excited by the West Ham's, at least they're not their squad, but like they're starting 11. I mean, their front three, Antonio, Benrama, Jared Bowen, they've all been, you know, really exciting, fun to watch. Their midfield, Fornals, Declan Rice, Suchek. Um, they're back. I mean, they're wing backs. You never, you would never, they would never trade them for the world. Cresswell and Sioux Fall. Um, the only thing that you might say, you know, is center backs. Um, and, you know, Kirk Dawson's good as well, but apparently they might be signing Kurt Zuma. So if they sign him as well in the center back, then, you know, they will be, you know, they will be a good team this year. So it's exciting to see where, what will happen. Yeah. With them when I think both of us, we predicted them to finish a little bit lower than they did last year, just because. Um, and they might, they probably will, right. but we'll see. Just because of the, they're going to have other draw, they're going to have other uh, competitions to focus on also with yeah. European stuff going on this year with them. So yeah, I mean next week we also have some really really exciting games to look forward to. We talked about City versus Arsenal. I think we both expect City to handle them in, in a similar manner that Chelsea did. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
And then the highlight of the week will be Liverpool versus Chelsea tomorrow. And that's going to be a banger of a game, if I think so. <laughs> if you think so. <laughs> or if I, if I can say my thoughts, I don't know. Like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Craig, no, what do you think is going to happen? Liverpool versus Chelsea. Um, Liverpool versus Chelsea. Oh, boy. Yeah, City, I would agree with you. Liverpool versus Chelsea, that's going to be... Oh, no. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to say. We I'm see go VVD a... li- lining up versus Lukaku. What I saw one person say was it was a unstoppable force versus an unmovable object. So yeah. we'll see who, who ends up bending. Um, I'm going go, to go for a 2-2 draw on this one. Honestly, yeah, I think that a draw could be probable. Maybe not. Obviously, like you want Liverpool. I want Liverpool to win every single game. Um, it is at Anfield, which is, I guess, a plus for, for Liverpool. Uh, yeah. And I think that we're going to have Fabinho back in, in the squad. And I think he needs to start alongside Jordan Henderson and either Naby Keita or, I mean, honestly, I would like to see Harvey Elliott get a chance. He was really, really good in the Burnley mm-hmm. game. Um, oh, yeah. And he looks like he's going to be a really great player and wh- wherever he ends up playing in the midfield or down the wing. So um, just to provide some creativity for the, for the squad, but I could also see Klopp turning to a more seasoned veteran for a game like this, you know? Yeah. I, um, yeah, I don't know. Two, two draw, I think is probably a fair prediction based on the two teams starts. Um, yeah. but it'll, I mean, both it'll teams, both teams have looked really good and almost flawless this, the first few games. And yep. I guess which team can expose other teams flaws first. I mean, I'm looking forward to this game a lot and it's going to be, it's a six pointer. It's definitely a six pointer where, you know, this is gonna be one of those games where at the end of the season, if the, if the table is tight, then we're going to look back at this game and say, Oh, if this happened, then Liverpool could have been above Chelsea or vice versa. Oh yeah, definitely. That's going to be a fantastic way to start off the weekend. So we'll look forward to that. Um, and I guess that wraps up our recap. And one more important thing we wanted to talk about before the before we wrap up the episode, um, the Champions League draw happened yesterday. Yeah, I mean, there were some interesting draws, and especially with some of the big name players moving around and stuff. Uh, it's good. I, I'm really going to look forward to watching some of these games uh, and players returning to to stadiums that they once played in, or also playing teams that they were heavily linked to and the first of which is going to be PSG and Manchester City getting grouped together in group A they also have RB Leipzig in that in that group and Club Bruges uh I think that's going to be a super super fun group yeah, we can both expect Bruges. probably PSG and City to progress but there's going to be some some high scoring games in that in that group yeah moving on to group B we got Milan Atletico Liverpool and Porto this talk about a fun group this should definitely be a fun group I would um, I don't know. Looking at it right now, I guess I would go Liverpool and Atletico just because they're the two most consistent um, of those teams in recent years. But I mean, Milan showed how good they can be last year, and you know, Porto is always a wild card. They actually also showed how good they can be in the last couple of years. Yeah, I so, mean, th- this is I think the toughest group in the whole entire draw, and I- I'm kind of conflicted as a Liverpool fan because it's going to be great to watch. You think? You think this one's tougher than PSG City Leipzig? Uh, I think just because Porto is, I I think objectively better than Bruges, uh, 
Okay. Like you can fair enough. Yeah, I think that this the top to bottom, the the talent is pretty equal. Um, each game is gonna be hard and you can't really rest players for in any of the games, which is kind of concerning yeah. as Liverpool haven't haven't uh Science expanded game. their depth as much as I would have liked to, but it's gonna be fun to watch all the games, that's for sure. Hopefully none of the, our team, none of my players or any of the players get injured. Um, yep. Moving on, we have Sporting, Ajax. Dortmund, Ajax, and Besiktas, um, mm. and that's going to be like the. I I think I when I was watching the draw, I saw this one and I was like, oh, this is the like the young bloods, uh, yeah. <laughs> the young the young bloods group. You know, they have all these these teams that just seem to churn out young talents, and especially yeah. Ajax, Dortmund, and Sporting. It's yeah. gonna be fun. Yeah, that'll be a fun group. I mean, you would you would expect Ajax Dortmund to, to to be the two the top one two in whatever order, but I mean don't count out Besiktas or, or Sporting. They can both they're both capable of pulling up surprises. Um group D, Inter, Madrid, Shakhtar, Sheriff, another fantastic um group. I'm not I don't even know who Sheriff is, to be honest with you. Um I think they're from Moldova. If I remember correctly, uh, but anyways, I, I'm pretty positive that this is their first time ever in in the Champions League, and having to play against Inter Milan and Real Madrid in your group stage is quite the welcome. Uh, yeah. And and yeah, so I'll just be happy to be there. So, yeah, definitely, definitely. I mean, at this point, it's it's almost a good thing because they get to play. Their their players should be you know so excited and fans to see to play against the best players in the world, which would be on the best teams in the world. So obviously, they want to make it far, but. Realistically, right. it'll also be a good thing for them to get that exposure in big stadiums and big names and uh, get to play against or their them. brand. Yeah. So, I, I mean, again, if we're going what you would expect, you'd go with Inter and Madrid top two, but never count out Shakhtar. And we know that football is not predictable, especially the Champions League. So, definitely. Groupie? Groupie, we have Bayern Munich, Barcelona, Benfica, and Dynamo Kiev. This so, is a group. Yes, this is a good group, and I can honestly see. I think that everyone's going to predict Bayern Munich to win it, but I can also see one of Dynamo Kiev and Benfica giving Barcelona some issues. That's my really? hot take. Even yeah, with all of Barcelona's signings and everything. Yeah, I don't know. I just don't have faith in Messi. them right now. They need to show it to signings, me. They need to prove it. How many signings does it take to replace Messi? Is the question. Well, they, um, they can only play a lot, lot of players at once, so a lot is the answer. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Group F, my team, United, Atlanta, Villarreal, Young Boys. Of course, you know, I, I have to admit that, you know, it's a, it's a good draw from United's perspective. Like, it's not, you know, no team that's, um, you look right away like, oh, no, not that team. Like, they're so good or whatever. But that doesn't mean that there's not talent. I mean, Atlanta, fantastic attacking team. Villarreal, we just lost to. The Spanish side tend to do well in the, in the in European competition. We just that's lost nice. to them in the Europa League finals. So, and young boys, they've given us some troubles uh, a few years in the in the past. We we did get past them thanks to a Marwan Fellaini uh, <laughs> masterclass. But I I don't know. Probably I'm still gonna predict, which I don't usually do. You know, I don't like to predict um, United finishing too good or anything because I'm scared of messing up. But I will predict United winning this group, and I'm hoping they can deliver. Um, and then I think it'll be between Villarreal and Atalanta fighting up for the second spot yeah i agree i agree group g we have leo sevilla uh red bull salzburg and wolfsburg so we got Ooh. a couple bergs and then sevilla and lil 
this is actually an interesting group, but I don't think that, I mean, we have the French champion Sevilla who are historically really good in the Europa league and then Red Bull Salzburg, who obviously they are most known for recently uh, producing Erling Holland. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. This group is going to be honestly one of the most boring ones and the, out of all of them, it's not really a clear storyline <laughs> that I can see developing. <laughs> why, why can't it be exciting? Why does it have to be boring? Well, I mean, okay. When you look at the champions league, you're looking for the big name teams, like the oil bowl that's going to happen between city and PSG. Yeah, yeah, or, okay, you know, yeah, yeah. you know from what a, I mean? From a, from a results and football perspective though, it might be exciting because you don't know who's going right, yeah, to, as, opposed, as opposed to the groups that have the big names, then typically they're easier to predict. Right. That's true. That's true. This one is going to be tough to predict, but also probably in terms of TV ratings, the lowest one, if I had to guess. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. And then group, and then, as they say, group H. Yeah. Group H. H. Group H. Group H. We have Chelsea, Chelsea Juventus, and Zenit, St. Petersburg, and Malmo. So we'll see Dayan Lovren make his return to the Champions League with Zenit and have to face versus uh, Ronaldo less Juventus and a Lukaku full Chelsea. Chelsea, yeah. <laughs> um, this will be this will be a good group as well. You would, I mean, you would predict Chelsea Juventus, and then yeah, I think Malmo so. Limit, right, but yeah, um, yeah. I mean, yeah. I think we're gonna we're gonna do a full Champions League uh, predictions episode as the okay. as the group stage maybe kicks off or as it rounds closer because we still have some time before that happens and. Yeah, we're just giving our instant reactions. And it's just close. It's just cool to see, you know, a little, I guess, the, the names on the paper and look forward to those dates of Champions League kicking off as it's the biggest premier or the biggest European competition that there is right now. So, uh, yeah, I think that we're going to call it an episode here. As Craig says, we'll be pumping them out like whales. I think we're going to kind of stick to this Friday recording time it, it, yeah it's like it sounds pretty good for both of us and gives us some time to let our thoughts marinate after the after the previous weeks so and once champions league and stuff starts it'll give us time it'll allow us to recap that along with the, the league games but yeah. yeah next time we talk to you the transfer window will be closed and we'll know who everybody's squad is going to be at least until january so until next time 